0: Hello and welcome back to Xavier Newswire Live, the radio show that will catch you up on all of the Xavier news from Ledgewood Drive to Dana Avenue and beyond. Today is February 13th, 2023, and we are bringing this show to you live. I'm Julia Lankish, and on this episode, you'll get to hear the Newswire multimedia crew bring you the rundown on SAC's Tunnel of Oppression exhibit, upcoming events downtown, what's happening on campus, our radio wrecks, and much, much more. Let's get started. Tonight, I'm gonna ask a couple questions to one of SAC's um, planners for the Tunnel of Oppression event. So, Brielle, tell us a little bit about you and what you do for SAC.
1: All right, so my name is Brielle. I'm a current junior here at Xavier, majoring in entrepreneurship, and my role for Student Activities Council is Vice President of Marketing. So I just handle all social media um, as far as promo, hanging up flyers, and just making sure everybody's promo for events get out. And so people, all the students can see it around campus.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I bet it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Um, so what, ex- what inspired this exhibit? Like, you put it together. Did you see something else, or did you just come up with it, or what?
1: Um, so my advisor, she did it um, prior to when she was in college, um, and she helped the Tunnel of Oppression. So Tunnel of Oppression is normally an interactive experience that happens across campuses all over the world, so we thought it would be a great idea to bring it to Xavier.
0: Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So who contributed to the exhibit? Like, what kind of people did you have?
1: So... Um, Student Activities Council, uh, me, my advisor, and then my co-chair Grayson, and then our president Ella, and then most of the SAC board members. We all helped pitch and put it together. Um, in the beginning, we called out for volunteers to like help help us set up um, and plan out of Well Pressure, but um, it was really just the SAC board who helped. And then we got a grant from the Women's of Excellence to help
0: us put on this event. So did you um, take stories from personal experience or from other people's experiences? Like, tell us a little bit about what was actually in the tunnel of oppression.
1: Yeah, so we did take personal experiences. Um, starting off from we had about eight different scenes through the tunnel. Um, first starting off with food insecurity and financial <clears throat> Issues. Um, that was the first thing going into body image. And we had a wall of mirrors um, with, quote, um, it was mirrors from the Cincinnati Circus that makes your body look. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. So we had um, words on the mirrors like, oh, people always call me skinny or um, I wish I was skinnier or I hate my hips. Things like that. Um Then after that scene, you went into another room with derogatory words on it, like horror. You know, all the mean words Mm -hmm. on that. And then the next scene was mental health. Um, We kind of had a bedroom set up with um, famous celebrities and um, actors who um, died from suicide. We um, also put facts and information about mental health. And then um, going from that scene, we went into dating violence. So we have videos of um, um, things, videos, pictures from actual uh, dating violence and videos. Um, like one video was a picture of a couple and then behind the post is actually what you've seen behind the scenes that they don't show social media, um, which is like common for college students to post like their mm-hmm. relationship but nobody really sees what goes on inside the relationship yeah um, after that scene we had the LGBTQ um, that was mainly the personal stories that we shared um we shared um posts from queer faith instagram so those were really like true actually oh, like true. the xavier queer mm-hmm.
0: fi- i've seen that yes wow
1: so those were all in exhibits so those were like actual stories that happened yeah um then from that we went into immigration we had built a um border wall in a way and we put letters as if <coughs> um Students were writing letters to their families across the border, mm. and um, across from that we had information, facts about immigration. Um, then, going into that, we had the racism scene, um, and then in that scene we actually posted incidents from Xavier's campus of racism incidents, and then. Wow. Um, other incidents from racism incidents from other college campuses around the world. So we just made it into a news article and just had the slides showing with other information
0: about racism on college cap- campuses. Wow, that sounds really comprehensive and mm-hmm. And then cool.
1: at the end of the tunnel, we had a campus map and where at, at the end students put on the map where they faced any of the suppression on Xavier's campus. Wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. Is that map like available
0: anywhere for people to see
1: yeah so um, I took a video of the whole thing so we will be posting it or seeing it uh, students will be able to see it pretty soon about cool. if they weren't able to go so they'll be able to see and the map was in a video so you'll be able to see the pinpoints of where students yeah. actually faced
0: that's awesome mm-hmm. so what did you think was like the most impactful? part of that like either for you or from what you experienced other people walking through it what do you think
1: um i think it was very impactful because um being a student you don't necessarily you're not necessarily in another person's shoes as you're walking Mm -hmm. through each form of oppression so just seeing from an immigration standpoint i've never faced that but just um we had an audio playing in the background of children crying moms uh, mm-hmm. Reaching out to their children, missing them, wanting them to come home, and that really hit because I don't face that, but just seeing families get broken up—that that's sad. And yeah, just bringing awareness to what is actually going on and what students are actually facing is very important. And I just think the whole experience was very knowledgeable and mm-hmm. needed and uh, really wish more students would have been able to see in this interactive experience because yeah. it was very um impactful and then we had counselors on standby just in case
0: oh that's cool mm-hmm. that's great sounds like a great experience overall yes very so can we look for other similar events from sac in the future do you think
1: yes we're hoping to and uh, Following that, we're hoping to get more um, student collaborations and student organizations yeah. to, like, help us collaborate because it was a very big project just mm-hmm. for us alone. So if we we would love to do it, and we would love to have more help the next
0: time we yeah, do like it. Yeah, like input from students. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brielle. We were uh, so glad to have you and hear about the tunnel of oppression. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So that was Brielle, and now we'll hear from Patrick Hayes with our campus catch-up.
2: What's going on, everybody? I'm Patrick Hayes, and it's time for all of you on campus to get caught up. First event of the week, SAC is putting on their annual Death by Chocolate on Tuesday, February 14th from 3 to 5 p.m. in Gallagher. Enjoy some different chocolates from around the world with your friends and maybe a special someone. Uh, Now, that sounds like a Choco lot of fun. Or if you want something a bit more romantic to do Tuesday night with that special someone, head on over to the CAF anytime between 4.30 and 8 o'clock to reserve a table for a special Valentine's Day themed dinner. I hear everyone involved put their whole hearts into the experience, so give it a chance giving along the week on thursday the 16th join the outdoor club downtown in cincinnati from 4:30 to 7 to get a private tour of the art collections the way that the museum is working to reduce their carbon footprint and how different artists portray flowers in their works so put the petals to the metal and head over to check out some art and if you're hungering for more of the downtown atmosphere but you want something a little more sporty instead of artistic go down to the cyclones game this friday the 17th from 7 30 to 10 p.m with the deaf club you can watch the game and sign with the deaf community of Cincinnati that will also be attending the game. If you ask me, this is your sign to go. I've been Patrick Hayes, and now you're all cut off with everything on campus, and I'm going to slide it right back to you, Julia.
0: Thank you, Patrick. I've been to a Cyclones game, and it's a lot of fun. I'm sure it'll be really cool to like experience that with a community that not all of us necessarily get to interact with much, so that's pretty neat. All right. uh, Now we have Griffin, who's going to give us this week's Downtown Lowdown.
3: Welcome to the Downtown Lowdown. I'm your host, Leighton Gamage. Wait a second. No, I'm not. It's Griffin Brammer, your favorite show manager. And here is everything that's happened this week in Cincinnati. First of all, Cincinnati Through the Years, a collection of paintings by Alina Chetverikova, is tomorrow from 6 to 9 p.m., Enjoy a display of lovely paintings by Ukrainian-American artist as she displays her perception of Cincinnati from 2017 to 2022. This is a free event. Next, 2023 Mainstrasse Mardi Gras Parade is happening on Saturday in Covington. Go experience a bit of Louisiana in your Ohioan lives, and maybe it will finally convince you to put down that barf on spaghetti you call chili and pick up some cultural awareness. Friendly reminder, this reflects Leighton Gamidge's viewpoints, not Griffin's. Finally, the Cincinnati Art Museum hosting an, will be hosting an artist workshop, Pencil Self-Portraits. This is also happening on Saturday, and it only costs $12. This event is limited spacing, so make sure to sign up now. Bring your crush along, too, so you can finally convince your friends that they are better looking in person. My name is Griffin, filling in for Leighton, and have a happy Valentine's Day, you lovebirds. Back to you, Julia. That
0: was great, Griffin. Thank you so much. I mean, Leighton. I mean, Griffin. Whoever you are. And now we'll hear some radio wrecks from Ben, who's going to talk to us about the movie Babylon, and Sebastian, who's going to talk to us about Ice Spice's new mixtape. Thanks,
4: Julia. How does one describe a film like Babylon? If I had to sum it up one way, Babylon is equal parts a love letter to cinema, a death threat to Hollywood, and a suicide note for director Damien Chazelle's career, all wrapped up in a nice three-hour Boogie Nights homage. Babylon is a sprawling Hollywood epic set during the last days before movies became talkies. It follows a wide array of characters, such as the wide eyed Manny Torres, played by Diego Calvo, the new it girl Nellie LeRoy, played by Margot Robbie, the aging silent film star Jack Conrad, played by Brad Pitt, and a whole array of character actors playing bit parts, including, but not limited to, Jeff Garland, Flea, Olivia Wilde, Spike Jones. And a truly horrifying turn from Spider-Man himself, Tobey Maguire. I'm going to say this right now. If you liked Babylon, or sorry, if you liked La La Land, you're going to hate Babylon. As a matter of fact, if horny, drugged up, deeply upsetting odysseys through Los Angeles are a turnoff for you, then you are going to despise Babylon. Anyway, I really liked Babylon. (laughs) For the first time in a while, Chazelle made a film that refuses to play nice. His insistence to paint Hollywood in its entire perverted, evil self may feel like a man biting the hand that feeds him. And in some ways, I think he wants you to think about that. Because at one point, uh, slight spoilers, a character takes their own lives while um, uh, the score to La La Land plays just in a different key. Yet, this doesn't feel like an angry film. Characters like Manny exist to remind the audience that this is that this terrible place just so happens to be where movies come from. And we love movies, don't we, folks? Despite the cast being filled to the brim with stars and cameos, the breakout role comes from the, until now, unknown leading man Diego Calva. Giselle found a shining star with Calva. His presence, much like his character, is reserved at first. However, you soon begin to realize that he's the rock that anchors the rest of the cast to the ground. Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie shoot for the stars in their own ways, but Calva brings them back to the surface if there's one more thing i want to talk about babylon it's the lovely score by justin Hurwitz. damien chazelle loves jazz and that's no more evident in this f- than in this film the soundtrack it drives the entire experience it's kinetic fast-paced and matches the breakneck intensity of the film one track that i recommend seeking out even if you haven't seen the film is voodoo mama that one's my favorite uh, babylon may be a lot but it's worth your time If you care at all about movies, their history, or just having a good time, then watch Babylon. Even if you don't fall into either category, watch Babylon. This is Chazelle's magnum opus, and it's a shame that he'll never make a movie again. And
5: uh, now let's hear about Ice Spice from Sebastian. Thank you, Bennett. Uh, You know, what can be said about Ice Spice? You know, she's a a drill rapper from the Bronx. You might have heard uh, some of her songs like Munch or That Boy's a Liar Part 2. Uh, for context, the drill subgenre started on the south side of Chicago with you know, Chief Keef and G. Erbo, then moved to London with Skepta and Stormzy. Finally, the epicenter of drill has moved back to New York City. Pop Smoke was the most prominent drill artist in the world until he was gunned down in 2020. So Ice Spice had some big shoes to fill when she was picking up the, uh, the drill torch. But not only has she picked it up, She's only gone from, from a relative nobody in the scene to just a meteoric rise after TikTok got a hold of Munch. Her new mixtape, Like... Dot, 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 question mark, is exactly what you would expect. It's drill music for hot girls. It's just hot girl music. Uh, and gotta say, even though I'm not the target audience, big fan nonetheless, you know? Ice Spice, it's just, uh, she's got, uh, her bars exude extreme confidence in who she is and how she's going to maintain her queen status in the New York rap scene, you know? This can be seen in bars like, oh, she's mad because I'm taking her spot. If I was women, I'd hate me a lot. Uh, on her inaugural mixtape, like, dot, 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 question mark. Ice Spice has her breakout singles Munch, Bikini Bottom, and In Her Feelings. Bikini Bottom even flips a sample from the show Spongebob Squarepants. You know, you could probably tell that by the, uh, by the title alone. Uh, on the song she raps, I get whatever I like. Women won't bark, but they want to bite. I got two milli for using a mic. Think about that when you want to type, you know, to address her haters and such. Uh, and she even comes out as bi, which is, you know, very needed in the hip-hop scene because it's historically a very homophobic genre, you know. So shout out to her for that. On the project itself, fellow New York rapper Lil T.J. is featured on the song Gangsta Boo. The dynamic between the two rappers is great. You know, Ice Spice is rapping about a quest to find her gangsta boo. And Lil T.J., in his verse, tries to prove to her how gangster he really is, even though he self-admittedly isn't one at all. He's even got hilarious bars like, If the boys ever come test me, I'll tell them no hablo ingles. Unfortunately... Other than Gangsta Boo in the singles, the rest of the songs on the mixtape are pretty forgettable. Miss Spice also falls into the same trap as DaBaby by using the same flow for nearly every song that she made on the project. I mean when it hits it hits, but when it doesn't, it, it just kinda kinda falls flat. Overall, I'd give Ice Spice's like dot, dot dot question mark a three out of five. Her most recent single, Boy is a Liar Part two features London hyper singer Pink Panther-S, and it is by far my favorite song she's released. Ice Spice rides the electronic beat with ease, and her staccato New York-accented delivery really works well juxtaposed with Pink panther smooth melodies. Back to you, Julia.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Um, well, Ben, I loved La La Land, uh, so I guess I won't be watching Babylon. So thank you for the heads-up. No <laughs> And uh, I gotta listen to Ice Spice's new mixtape. I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but you know it's for hot girls. So, <laughs> so next we'll be passing it over to John Baldridge, who's gonna give us this week's update on sports. And you know what? You better mention Rihanna.
6: It's well, gonna be tough to beat. I mean, Sebastian gave us a good radio report, but um, for music. But with sports today, we'll dive into Xavier basketball. They're having a good year. Only played one game last week, though. It was a struggle down in Indianapolis. Uh, They were tied at 67 with about six seconds left. And a goaltending call late gave Butler the win at home in Hinkle Fieldhouse 69-67. Xavier with the loss drops to 19-6 on the year and 11-3 in Big East Conference play. The Musketeers will be back in action this week, though, for two games. A big one on Wednesday night at Marquette will determine the lead. Of the Big East regular season and a top 25 matchup, Xavier moved to 16th in the nation today with Marquette being 11 So it'll be a big game on Wednesday. They're also back at home though on Saturday when they take on DePaul here at 4 o'clock. Uh, for s- women's basketball, they played two games this past week, losing both. The Musketeers are now 7 and 18 on the year. Still looking for their first Big East tournament game win, and they'll have a chance this week when they're on the road at Seton Hall for their only action on Saturday. Spring sports this week, Xavier's inaugural women's lacrosse team played their first ever game in Oregon on Saturday. Oregon Ducks came away with the win over the Musketeers, winning at home 17-6. Xavier will be back, though, at home for their first regular season home game on Sunday against Detroit Mercy at 2 o'clock down at Corian Field. In baseball, Musketeers will head to Oregon also this weekend for a four-game set start on Friday at 3 o'clock. And in Cincinnati sports, you guys talked about the Cyclones earlier today. They are right now having a pretty decent year in the ECHL, which is double-A hockey. They are 27-12 and 12 on the season, have a game Friday night at home, also home on Wednesday night and on the road on Saturday. Uh, Reds pitchers and catchers recruit on tomorrow so that would be exciting news for baseball. And the, and finally, to wrap up sports before we send it back to you, Julia, uh, the Eagles came with the loss last night. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl 38-35, and Rihanna was there at halftime to do that. But the Chiefs won the game on the field of the last-second field goal by Harrison Bucker. Uh, some referee calls were I'm not a big fan of, but that's what happened. And the Chiefs have won the last two out of the four Super Bowls. So. Dynasty going to Kansas City, and we'll get it back to you over Julia now. I'm John Baldridge with sports.
0: Thank you so much, John. I didn't like the way that you called it the Super Bowl instead of the Rihanna concert with football, but that's okay. Um, yeah, that that Eagles loss was brutal after the AFC Championship. I was saying go birds, and uh, more like no birds. Birds are dead, but that's okay. And I'm sure Philly burned, um, but that's okay. <laughs> You know, they'll make it. I saw them gracing up the polls and everything. Well, that's it for today. Um, Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'd like to shout out a few people that helped to make this episode possible. Thank you to Faith Ticolvi, Griffin Brammer, Ben Thompson, Sebastian Aguilar, Patrick Kays, and John Baldritz for their contributions to this episode. Thank you for tuning into the show today, and we'd like to give a special thanks to Carolyn Youngquist, a music education alumni of Xavier, who produced the music heard in today's show. If you have any thoughts or feedback for the Newswire multimedia crew, you can send them to our email, xaviernewswire at gmail.com. Find Newswire Live episodes and other content on YouTube if you search Xavier Newswire to find our channel. Follow our Spotify to hear archived Newswire Live episodes, our Stories That Inspire podcast, our Girl Boss Cubed podcast, and other student led podcasts. Tune in to our next episode next Monday at six PM. Until next week, I'm Julia Lankish, wishing Spencer a happy and safe birthday. Talk to you next time.